Welcome to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW. Coming at you as we do every Sunday from 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. I am Kelly, joined in studio this morning by Dre. How you doing this morning, Dre? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Appreciate you joining us this morning. Got plenty to get into as we have the national championship uh, from March Madness and college basketball tomorrow. Um Obviously, we got a, a matchup between the favorite, North Carolina, against a two-seed in Villanova, so plenty to get into with that. We also have an upset when it comes to the world of NBA yeah. and the Golden State Warriors as their home winning streak ended. Um, I believe it was... Uh, Friday. Uh, yeah, it was Friday. I actually watched the game, but I, I forget exactly how long that home winning streak was. San Antonio uh, is still the only team in the NBA that is undefeated at home this uh, year. Now, read into it what you will. It was a Boston team that went into Golden State in, in California, and they played some good defense, and they kind of got Steph Curry out of his game. But we'll get into that, and we'll get into a lot more this morning. We, we encourage you to give us a call on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line, 502-384-1450. Uh, we've got plenty to get to this morning. Dre, what, what stands out to you? I know you're a sports fan. First off, being that this is the first time on the weekend sports buzz, how about we do a little introduction? Okay. You're an experienced podcaster. You you specialize, obviously, sports is your thing. I, I did a show. You and Luther and I are doing a new project on uh, once a week where we have a podcast. We talk about music and different, diff- all sorts of different stuff, including sports. Yeah. But what, what's a little bit of your background? How did you get into doing the uh, your own radio show? Uh. Pretty much when I got to college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, and I kind of got into the, into the communication field for, you know, my degree. And I figured, you know, if I'm going to do something like this, I want to do something as far as sports, maybe radio. Uh, I started with my own website, doing stuff with music. Um, then I started doing my own podcast, which was dedicated to sports. Then I stopped doing it. And then I got back into it, which is more dedicated to music. And then, you know, it just kind of. They overlap regardless. Yeah, That's yeah, one thing just, I found is if you're if you're well-versed and you can talk about some different things, yeah. that carries over into both different sides. So if you if you want to do music or sports, in my opinion, it dramatically helps to have a background in, in, in the other also. Yeah, it uh, they overlap. And, you know, just as for being on a college campus, you know, yeah. you're going to want to talk about sports i mean you're a fan of louisville i mean that's we don't have we don't have anything professional here so it's just you know it it makes it easier to talk about you know university of louisville and focus on basketball and football and things of that nature you were on the uofl football team briefly weren't you yeah one semester one semester okay you're a defensive lineman yeah so you've at least got that background which is cool you you know some of the guys uh you know you're recruited by the cragthorpe staff no, no, no. I wasn't recruited at all. I was oh, you, actually. You, I'm sorry. You walked on. Yeah, I walked on. Yeah. And it was it was that at way that was, was Cragthorpe was way before you. N- yeah, that was Strong's first year. Oh, so that okay. was 2010. Okay, so I wasn't that far off. No, Strong's first year. Yeah. Okay. Well, good stuff. So, so you're clearly a sports fan. That's primarily what we talk about here on the weekend sports buzz. We get off into little tangents talking about different things, mm-hmm. so that's certainly welcome also. Once again, the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450.
Uh, opening baseball, opening day of baseball, Major League Baseball is today. That's something I'm interested in. I'm a lifelong Reds fan. They're going to be horrible. Uh, if anybody has any take on the Major League Baseball season, by all means, I don't want to discourage it. It's not necessarily the hottest sports radio topic here in the Louisville and Southern Indiana market. But it, it, to the same, you know, at the same time, I, I don't want to discourage anybody from talking baseball. I've been doing some research, reading about the, uh, I mean, baseball is such a whole different animal that it, it's taken me to read some preview magazines and really get into it to, to be well-versed on on uh, Major League Baseball for this season, especially since my rooting interest, the Cincinnati Reds are picked to be the second worst team in all of baseball. So I, I don't have much of a incentive to follow it. So I've had to force myself to this year. The big story, well, I should ask you, Dre, your favorite Sport is, you said Louisville, University of Louisville. Yeah. Okay. Obviously, Louisville had the self-imposed penalties, weren't able to to be in the NCAA tournament this year. Trey Lewis and Damian Lee were taken. There's a picture that they took, and they posted on Instagram of them, and it said on there, we should be here. They were at the at the Final Four. Any yeah. thoughts on that? Obviously, it's a, a bittersweet, difficult to follow the Final Four and the uh, NCAA brackets this year, being that our cards are not there. Uh, any any thoughts on that before we move into the details of the national championship game? Uh, yeah, it made it difficult at first. It was kind of like, I don't want to watch this because we should be in it. And I really like felt like how Syracuse got in was because they got our ACC spot. Okay, that's right. I saw yeah. you tweeting about that. Yeah, I, I you were I, saying James Ramsey. Yeah, he he Syracuse I, owes him a thank you. Yes, because if we don't get this self-imposed ban, a 13-loss ACC team's not making it into the tournament. And, I mean, it's, they, they did good. They made it to the Final Four, but it puts us in a, I guess, in a spot where, like, we could have been there. Yeah. You know, that's that's our spot, you know, and we could have. You think Louisville could have? Obviously, Louisville beat, beat the hell out of Syracuse. Hell, Syracuse yeah. lost their first four ACC Conference games this year ended up with thirteen losses. Yeah. Um, do you you think realistically, if the Cards had made it, they could have made a, a Syracuse esque 2016 type run to the Final Four? Well, I I think well no. you have to be careful saying that because you no don't, way of telling really. Yeah, exactly. You don't know how it goes, matchups, you know, things like that. Who knows? They just got lucky being a ten seed and they got high. They weren't looking that great know. right at the end of the season, but at the same exactly. time, they just re- received a swift kick to the. To the pants. Yeah, exactly. And and, we, and, and had their, their uh, soul ripped out of their heart, <laughs> right? Yeah. So how are they expected to be up and ready for that last run of the season when oh. they, they knew that they weren't even going to get to play in the ACC tournament? Uh, I think uh, you're talking about Louisville or Syracuse? Yeah, no, Louisville. Yeah, I'm Louisville. saying Louisville. You get yeah, those ba- uh, that ba- Louisville at the end of the year. Okay, so mid-year cards. I was thinking they were a legit team. Right before the, the self-imposed penalty was announced. North Carolina. God, I was at that game. <laughs> I brought my son to that game. That was amazing. Yeah. Just beat. You're right. Godly, yeah. look at this. Yeah, we Tomorrow, just North, North, North Carolina is playing for the national championship. Yeah. I was at the game. I had great seats with my son. First cards uh, basketball game I brought my son to. Mm-hmm. Um, six-year-old son. And, and we just had a blast. Yeah. And I was thinking, this is a well-rounded team. Uh, Damian Lee's a legit first option as far as scoring goes. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a bunch of different. A bunch of different yeah. positive things working for this team. I loved the length. I remember, because I became jaded after the announcement. 
And it yeah. was difficult for me almost to follow it in some ways. But I remember loving the length of the Cards team with Ray Spalding, Anas Mahmoud, and the defensive presence. I thought, golly, this is a perfect for Rick's defensive schemes. Seemed like a, a team that could really make some noise. And then we got the self-imposed penalty, and it was just a, a shot to the throat. Yeah, when uh, when it was announced, I couldn't believe it because I truly felt like we, if we went to the tournament, we were going to at the least get to another Elite Eight. And depending on who we were playing, we had a chance to go to the championship. And just watching Syracuse go as far as they did, it like makes me feel that much more positive and, and like sure that if we were in the tournament, we would be here. Okay. And we would have probably beat North Carolina if we got that matchup with them again because we could neutralize their size in the paint. You know, like, that's how they win. Like, they dominate the glass. And so, with our size, with Onawaku, uh, Mamu, Ray Spalding, you know, Mango would have probably came back. You know, we had bodies. You know, Jalen Johnson. We had guys out there that would get out there, get on the boards. We had depth and we yeah, had length. Yeah, we had depth. Something yeah, that could. Rick teams normally don't have yeah. was length. And you're yeah, right, exactly. Jalen Johnson, he's built almost like uh, Anuaku in yeah. size and length and just the overall talent of this team just seemed to be at that level yeah, to where you could feel good going into March. Yeah. I was, when it happened, I was like, I don't want to watch any more games. I kind of stopped. I kind of didn't watch the next three games after the announcement. And then I picked back up towards the end of the season. But as it got closer to, you know, tournament play and, you know, just knowing that your team isn't going to be in it. Like I, I still haven't watched ESPN in probably three weeks, you know, just because I don't want to see, you know, the highlights and things like that. You know, I might watch, a you know, one of the games or whatever, you know, Sweet 16, you know, the Final Four games or whatever, but I can't watch ESPN just because I don't want to just – it's going to it's gonna just make me feel like we should have been there even more. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to give us a call. Get in on the action. Tomorrow is the – National Championship. Obviously, Jay Wright and Villanova, their first appearance in the National Championship. Roy Williams going for his third title. So when it comes to conversations of the greatest coaches ever, certainly the greatest coaches uh, currently. Yeah. uh, Calhoun's retired. So Roy Williams wins this. you got to say he's right there behind Coach K. Yeah. Uh, You can't really make a case against that. Calhoun's retired. We know how many he won. We know how great Calhoun was. But when it comes to collecting rings, Roy Williams is looking to make a real name for himself. We're going to head to the buzz line now. We have our man, The Truth, is on the line with us. How are you doing this morning, Truth? Ready, ready. Before you say something about Roy Williams, he's a great coach, but you don't like Barry Bonds and all of them. You want to put them in the Hall of Fame, but you got to put a little garbage about his name because he's been caught cheating so many times. So, you know... He's a good coach, but let's call it like it is. If that, if that been Bob Knight, y'all been throwing rocks at him. So, Roy Williams ain't no angel. No no question about it, Truth. But on that topic, let me ask you, what coach, outside of Coach K, I guess you can't say Coach K, what coach is an all-time great and doesn't have some cloud of controversy around him? Oh, well, that was easy. Of course, I could ask the, the great coach, Tom Cream. He's a great, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Bob Knight. The, no, Knight, Knight had his bed, but all the all the young coaches taking over. When, it's Tom Cream now. This is what's happened. 
Patino's a has-been. Calipari's a has-been. It's Tom Crean, man. Tom Crean hasn't won a title, though. He hasn't uh, even went to the yes, Final he, Four. He got a Big Ten title. That's a title. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he did have, now that I think of it, I, he I, it didn't turn into anything, but he had that controversy where he, his assistant coach was opening a camp in Africa and doing illegal recruiting vital, violations over in Africa. That one, t- that one time, Corey, you got the wrong information. Somebody from Louisville gave you that information. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, you're right. Crean has escaped um, not only the, the controversy that, uh, you know, a lot of the top coaches have, he's also escaped that much success, right? I mean, he, he, they beat Kentucky this year. How happy are you, Truth, that your Hoosiers beat Kentucky this year? Does that make you sleep well at night? No, I sleep well anyway because I expected to beat Kentucky. It doesn't matter. Here's what I want you to feel uh, people realize. 1985, Duke coach almost got far until he played Louisville in the 1986 uh, championship when Duke, Louisville beat him. That's when Duke came on the scene, and then he started winning when he got furry and all that. See, all great coaches can't start to the top. You got to work yourself up. And the same thing with, uh, you know, Bettino, he, every coach, young coach, go through pain. Yeah, no, no question about it. You're right. Uh, they all have some some kind of trouble. Bobby Knight certainly did. Jim Calhoun certainly did. Uh, hell, Beheim, he's only won one title in his forty years. Yeah. But hell, he had the to key, say, he, he had plenty of key. plenty of uh, controversy. The key is st- uh, go through the storm, but come out with championship. That's what it's all about. You're singing right well, to the me- Rick Patino faithful, so I appreciate that. Thank you. I agree with you. Weather the storm, come out and win a championship. Rick knows how to do it. Well, uh, well, let's let's. Uh, I'm, I want to talk about two topics. First, we're going to get we're going to jump in about the Derby classes, but I want to ask you about Mr. Davis. Do you know a lot about the big the guy who we who we're going to invade April the fifteenth in Freedom Hall with nothing but red candy apple red pants? I mean, what is what? A, that's going to be a night. The stars is coming out. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it, it's a big game coming up, and and uh, Davis is one of the top-rated players in the country. Tom Crean, for all the jokes that I make, you're right. He continues to bring in, even without Kenny Johnson, that we basically stole from right under his, his nose, um, and now he's our associate head coach. But Tom Crean continues to bring in top-level talent, doesn't he, Truth? Yeah, hey, let me. I'll see you uh, on that Louisville bandwagon today. But I want you Louisville fans to know you need to suck your candle in November when Indiana drag y'all through the mud when y'all come to Assembly Hall when we'll beat y'all down like we beat Kentucky. All right, I'll circle it on my calendar, no question. Didn't, didn't we hey, last time? No, uh, this is a new year, man, because, come on, last time. When the last time y'all been to Assembly Hall? I don't know. Good question. What's the series record? We, I think we, we played y'all ten times. We won seven games, and y'all won three. Okay. Yeah, so you can't talk. And we got five national championships, too. We don't play on the young center. We play on, on, on campus. But y'all need to be playing on Forest Street. All right. No, there's no question about it. The Hoosiers continue to bring in good talent, and the relationship that, that Mike and the people at the Derby Classic have with 
the incoming recruits for the Indiana Hoosiers should have local Hoosiers fans very excited about this year's Derby Classic and really every year's Derby Classic in recent memory, right, Truth? You you go to yeah, all, you go to all of them. Yeah, well, why not? You got uh, I'm I'm bigger than the president of the United States, and when the Hoosier Knights <laughs> walk in there, I'm. Yeah. I'm I'm be so clean. Me and Joe Green for Bowling Green can't deal with me. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go. let me ask you a question. What do you know about my Yankees? My Yankees going to be uh, really good this year. You know they they could be. They're in a difficult division. Truth. Um, uh, Bettinson's is a, is a closer that they have or a reliever that they have. He's six eight. I'm looking at him now. Two hundred seventy pounds. He's a relief pitcher. And he struck out 200. No, last year he's a relief pitcher, and he struck out like 100. Let me see. I'll bring the stats up. He almost struck out. I think 100, 116, oh. something like that. So, no, I think it was more than that even. He has ridiculous strike. 131 strikeouts as a reliever last year. So they, you, bring in, you bring in Chapman. You add him to that uh, bullpen. And this team's got a lot of talent. A-Rod is in what will probably be his farewell tour, but they've got some other talent. CC Sabathia, right after the season last year, checked himself in the Alcohol Rehabilitation Center. Supposedly he's doing better now, so he handled that. He's a really good guy. Everybody really likes CC, so they want to see him do well. He's lost weight, he's slimmed down, and he's supposedly doing well. So they're not expecting a big year out of him, but they got Tanaka, the Japanese guy, who's going to be their opening day starter. And the Yankees do have talent. The problem is, truth, the Red Sox, they got David Price, uh, all sorts of talent there. Um, uh, you know, obviously David Ortiz, Hanley Ramirez, Pablo Sandoval. Sandoval's not even going to start, but they got a lot of talent there in Boston. And then the Blue Jays are really tough, too. So it'll be a very tough American League East this year. But the Yankees, by all means, have a, a legitimate chance of making a run for it. I'm going to tell you who's going to the World Series before you can just go to, before you can back, back to money in Vegas. I got two bold picks. Yankees win the uh, World Series. CC Vesta win 22 ball games and be win all the rewards. Uh, player of the year, comeback, all that. The Yankees gonna win the Super uh, World World Series because one reason. If A Rod just have a half a year like he did last year, you better look out. No, no question about it. Truth, we appreciate your call. Before we let you go, anything else you want to get in? Go Hoosiers. All right. Thank you very much, Truth. I do appreciate it. And, you know, Truth is what I would consider to be a, a legitimate sports fan in my eyes. Not that you have to be a baseball fan, but he's kind of a – I think he's in his 50s. He's been a Yankees fan his whole life. So he's not only a – I don't know if you picked up on it, Dre. You ever spoke with Truth before? No, I've never spoke to him before. All right. A little bit of a Hoosiers homer. Yeah, I could tell. He mentioned Tom – I thought he was going to say Bobby Knight when it came to those great coaches' conversations. But no. In his opinion, Tom Crean deserves in that conversation. Yeah. I mean, he's a he's a good coach. Uh, he was at Marquette when they had D-Wade. Yep. Yeah, and they went. I think he went to they, the Final Four that year. They knocked off Kentucky. Yeah. I don't. I think they made it to the Elite Eight. I'll bring it up right here. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. Uh, we encourage you to call in, get in on the action this morning. Dre and I are here, 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports, specifically college basketball and the NBA this morning. If you want to call in and get in on the Major League Baseball action, by all means, uh, I'd love to hear from you, hear who your team is. I'm a Reds fan. Reds are not going to be good this year. Uh, but 
you know, I'm still interested. I'm intrigued. I've adopted the Toronto Blue Jays with Josh Donaldson and David Price is probably my American League representative that I'm going to be cheering for. I got to see them play in Tampa. And um, so, so that's the team that I'm looking for. Got a lot of star power out there. We're going to head to a break. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Dre and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW, talking all things in the world of sports here at 1450, located in Jeffersonville, Indiana. We are the only locally owned sports radio station in the city of Louisville and the southern Indiana market. Uh, what that means, Dre, is we get to talk about whatever we want to. And that's what's really cool about it, in all seriousness, is we get to, we, we have creative flexibility. If we want to come in here and talk about the NBA, we get to talk about the NBA. We don't have to be a show that's tied down to uh, talking about what-if scenarios with the University of Louisville and the NCAA tournament. Because mm-hmm. to me, as a sports fan, now you may feel different than I do, but I look to sports as, a crea- as an outlet, something that I enjoy, kind of like music. Mm-hmm. And if I spend too much of my time talking about it in a negative light, whether it be arguing with somebody or, um, you know, uh, negative fan rivalry interactions, it yeah. turns into it can turn into a little bit of a negative buzz. Um, so then it, my natural response to that is, hell, there's this local stuff going on, but look, we got NFL, NBA, MLB action, all sorts of different sports across the country to talk about. Why not talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, I think the like the arguments, you know, if you're a UK fan or a Louisville fan or IU fan, I think that just adds that adds color to the to the sports world. You know, it adds you know character. You know, because everybody feels a certain way about their team or which city they're from or whatever. So they're gonna they're gonna be biased. No, yeah, and to a degree, I'm there with you. I mean, I, I I've partaken in plenty of the yeah. fan rivalry interactions. Yeah. But but to a degree, and there's a fine line there, to a degree it gets to the point where in the off season, for example, I don't I'm on the radio. I look at this as a creative outlet for me. I get to be on here two right now, two hours a week. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about something that's exciting and the big stories. Yeah. Oh of course. Of the course. Boston Celtics and Brad Stevens on Friday, they went into Golden State and they beat a healthy Golden State, right? Who is uh, who's Golden State missing? I'm not. The Iguodala play? I'm, I'm I saw Iguodala play. Iguodala play. What about Bogut? Yeah, good question. Let me bring that up here. That's a great question because Bogut's yeah. really their, their only legit center. Yeah, well, him. I know Festus Azili. He's Azzilli. been hurt. Did you see that prank on Festus Azili? No, I didn't see it. Did you hear about it? I, I've seen like the link to click it, but I didn't click on it. It was funny. They just got him into a little cab or a shuttle, yeah. and, and they had some fake sports radio station on. 
and they were recording him. They didn't know they were recording him. It was obviously April 1st. Yeah. And I don't know off the top of my head where Festus Azili's from, but here in the United... I went to Vanderbilt. Okay. For college, yeah. He went to Vanderbilt. Um, but, but I don't know if he's, how familiar he is with getting down with the, uh, he's from Nigeria originally, uh-huh. uh, getting down with the April fool's jokes, but maybe he <laughs> caught down, he, he, he wasn't, he caught him off guard, Yeah, but there was a fake sports radio station on in the, the cab or the shuttle or whatever it was. Yeah. And the, the, the driver of the car was being kind of weird, you know, saying, you listen to this show much? Making sure Festus was listening. <laughs> and they said, yeah, Festus is really released from the Golden State Warriors. And they <laughs> and they just were zooming in on Festus Azili's face. It was funny. Uh, it, it was a good I'm one. And all his, to, all his teammates YouTube. were in on it. All of his teammates were in on it. They immediately all started texting him, saying stuff like, like they just had moved on. Like, it was a pleasure working with you, man. Good luck. <laughs> so, so they immediately, they immediately, in his mind, he was like, "Oh, damn! I got a great job on a team that's trying to repeat, right?" Yeah. And then out of nowhere, he gets cut, and then everybody's just done with him. Yeah, that's, that's pretty mean. That's kind of that's kind of messed up because you would kind of have to be like, we have to choose somebody that would believe that they're going to be getting cut. You know, like they couldn't do that to like. Yeah, you can't do it to actually, even Andre Iguodala. Yeah, you can't do that to somebody like actually playing. So it has to be a dude who hasn't really played that much this year, barring you know he's been hurt for the majority of the year. Uh, exactly. Yeah, and that is when people, it has to be that, believable. That is when people get cut. Yeah, yeah. Andre Iguodala is the one who put it together, okay. and and he uh, he's obviously the reigning finals finals MVP. MVP yeah, which is a heck of a redemption story for him. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this Warriors team? I, I've had a lot of talk on the show. I've went on record many times recent, recently saying I don't think they're going to repeat. Um, what are your thoughts? I think you want my you want my like NBA like analysis, or you want my just being a fan of the sport. Historical. Just, what's your opinion on the Golden State Warriors? Uh, because I, because I I hate to be. Um, the old grumpy man. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be. Oscar Robertson. Yeah. Cedric Sabalas <laughs> even. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of those right yeah, now. Yeah, it's a lot. I, of, I don't uh, want to be that because Curry and Draymond Green and what they have going on there really obviously is absolutely poetry and motion yeah. and beauty. Um, right? But, yeah. But I don't think a team has ever won an NBA Finals up until last year but with a three-point oriented offense without yeah. having somebody like Shaq in the middle. Um. Yeah, they're definitely they're definitely the first team I say that has won of has won a championship that is jump shot oriented. You know, I think uh before that, you know, like when the Thunder went, the Thunder, you know, with Kevin Durant, Westbrook, you know, they were shooting a lot of jump shots. You know, they weren't shooting like the Warriors were, of course, nobody's ever shooting like them. But when when the Thunder went and they played the Heat, the Heat were of course the favorites because they were they were they weren't a traditional basketball team, but they didn't they didn't take a lot of jump shots. It's rare that a jump shooting team makes it to the finals, let alone actually win. You know, a fast paced team they score a lot. You know, do things like that. So the Warriors they're redefining basketball. They are, you know? and that seems like a, a exaggeration. Yeah, but professional but level they really are. Yeah, it's true. Um, um, I think you know there was a stat that's like. You know, Larry Bird, he he only hit so many threes in his career. He's considered one of the greatest three-point shooters of all time. And Steph Curry and Klay Thompson have surpassed what he's done in his career in one season as far as three-point makes. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, that's amazing. You know, Larry Bird hit like 1.5 threes a game. 
Clay and Steph Curry in three, three or four games. Roy, Roy um, I'm sorry, uh, Paul George just surpassed. Yeah, I seen that. Yeah, what yeah. was it? Larry, it was two hundred. Reggie Miller's the, the no, most. He, he 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 didn't he didn't pass Reggie yet, but he he joined the two hundred club. He's he, the second person in Pacer history to have two hundred threes in the season. I think Reggie's at like two thirty right now. Oh, okay. Yeah, so so Paul he has the rest of the season to catch up to him. But so, so what 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 I guess that tells me is, and keep in mind, comparing eras is constantly. A, I don't know that this is the conversation we want to have, but we can have it. It's constantly a, co- a controversial topic. Yeah. Because, for example, when Oscar Robertson, the guy we just mentioned as being the grumpy old man, he averaged <laughs> a triple-double one year. He did. But in that year, if you look at the stats from everybody else, there's a few other people that just barely missed triple-doubles. I mean, it was just a – historically, it's difficult to compare eras. If you're comparing the 86 uh, Celtics, which many believe is the best team ever. Yeah. With Kevin McHale, Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, Bill Walton, yeah. uh, all those guys. Um, you compare them to the 2003 Lakers, for example. Well, you can't do that because there was uh, uh, expansion has occurred. Yeah. And, and that's, this is a more watered-down product. Not only that the, the Lakers were competing against, but it, they had a, a much bigger pool of players they had to pick out of yeah. because there was more teams. So you can't compare eras, is my point. Yeah, I mean, very difficult to do. You can you can compare them if you're, I say like logical to them. You know, like just like not just looking at it and say, okay, well he averaged this and he averaged that. You know, you have to actually like break it down. Like I seen something the other day where it was comparing uh, Oscar Robertson to Russell Westbrook. Yeah, and it was per one hundred fl- flirting with triple double territory, and it, and, and it was per one hundred possessions. Okay, and so it wasn't just like you know per game; it was per every hundred possessions how they were, you know, averaging you know points, rebounds, assists, you know, shooting percentage, and things like that. And Westbrook was better, you know, not saying he was like at getting triple doubles. Yeah, his stats per 100 possessions wow. were better than Oscar Robertson. And Oscar Robertson obviously won an entire 82 game season with averaging a triple double. Was was it 82 games back when uh, he played? I, I feel it, like I, that was. I believe it was. I'll, I'll look it up here. Yeah, because that was back in the 60s. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they. That were, was even before my dad's era. Yeah, that was that was a long time ago. <laughs> I'll bring it up right here, but uh, Russell Westbrook is a, a prime example. Yeah. Of. Uh, debatable in historical perspective on current players. How great is is Russell Westbrook? I've okay. The debate over the past few years, you know, it's been LeBron. He's the best basketball player in the world. Can't deny that. I agree. You, Overall, you, you think right now LeBron James best player in the world? I mean, he's thirty or thirty one years old, but just going off base, what he can do, he can still dominate a game. He can okay. still. He said, hey, LeBron, I need you to take over this game. And he'll go out there and give you 30, 12, and 15. You know, he can he can still do that. You know, he's been doing it for years. Like, I, I'm not a fan of him, but I give credit where credit is due. So you, I put him at number one. Uh, as far as Steph Curry's, you know, I guess rise to the top, he's definitely a top five player. I wouldn't top, put definitely top five. Wow. Top, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, not not all time, but I mean in the league right now, like for like for sure, he's definitely like you have to have Steph Curry in your top five discussion, and you have to have him in your top three point guard discussion. Um, I feel like, but you, after, don't, you don't think he's necessarily running away with the best player? No, because like people say, he doesn't play defense. I mean, he, he, not that he doesn't play defense, but his defense isn't 
amazing. You know, he gives effort, but he it's gets, not. He gets steals. He gets <laughs> passing lane steals and, you know, things like that. But he's not, if we say, all right, Steph Curry, we need you to go out here and stop, you know, Russell or Chris Paul. They're not going to put him on in that situation. They're going to put Klay Thompson on Westbrook or Chris Paul or Damian Lillard, John Wall. Steph Curry's not going to guard the opposing team point guard nine times out of ten in today's NBA. So you have to put that in consideration. But he will come down to court and he will shoot ten threes and hit seven. You know, and so that's that's I guess you could say he's so efficient that it's okay that he doesn't play defense like that because he's so efficient on the other end of the court, it makes up for it. You know, where as far as guys like Russell Westbrook, he does everything. But the thing that hurts Westbrook is that sometimes he's not efficient. Sometimes he gets in his own way. Um, you know, he shoots the ball, you know, sporadically. He'll take a bad shot, but then he can make up for another end, get a big steal, get a big block, get a rebound, and go coast to coast in two or three seconds and, you know, finish at the rim. Like, people don't get in the way when Westbrook's going to the rack. So I think I think if I had a list of top five, I think I would personally go with LeBron, Westbrook 2A, Curry 2B. Wow, okay. And then Durant 3. Wow. Chris Paul, four. And then I will put Kawhi Leonard number five. Wow. Yeah, I'll put Kawhi Leonard number five. I like the list. I think it's very de- – I think that's going to stir up some controversy. Once yeah. again, Oxmoor Chrysler, Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. I think a lot of people out there wouldn't even put Chris Paul in their top five point guards in 2016. Then – they don't know basketball. Uh, Chris Paul, he's to me, he's still he's kind of underrated, but he gets that he has that you know he hasn't made it to the Western Conference Finals or whatever. Uh, he doesn't have a ring, you know. He has that knock against him, but as far as what he can do to a team, like if he doesn't go to the L.A. Clippers, the Clippers are nobody. You know, yeah, they have Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan, but those old, are kind of those Jamal those are, yeah Jamal. I mean, yeah, JJ Redick, Jamal Crawford, but. You could say easily say DeAndre Jordan's a product of Chris Paul. You could say, I mean, Blake Griffin was going to be good, but you can all say that that team isn't going to be as good as they are without Chris Paul because Chris Paul, he is the best all around, I say, point guard. Like, he's going to run the offense. He can come out there. If you say, Chris, we need you to give us 25 tonight, he can give you 25 and 12 assists. He'll get steals, he still plays defense. You know, people like he 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 still guards the opposing team's point guard. He'll guard Westbrook. He'll guard John Wall. He'll guard Stephen Curry, Tony Parker, Jeff Teague. Like he he matches up. Uh, you know, but he is older. You know, he's not as explosive as he used to be. But at the same time, as far as being a true floor general, he's probably out of him and Rondo. They're the only two point guards in the league right now who are probably the last two true floor generals in the league. Everybody else who was a point guard is pretty much score first. You're right. May, maybe with the exception of John Wall, because John Wall does average ten assists. But when I still see John Wall, I still think of a of a score first point guard because he can score first. And he can give you forty or fifty. Uh, but as far as just true floor generals who are going to run the offense, run the team, lead the team to victories, the only two point guards left like that are Chris Paul and Rondo. And Chris Paul is just. He's just great. You know, you put him on any team, he's going to be successful. I don't think he's ever been on a losing team, even when he was in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Like, he had that team going to the playoffs. Why did they get rid of Byron Scott? New Orleans? 
Yeah. Uh, I think it was a situation where they weren't. That was winning. years ago. I yeah, that was years was ago. Way yeah, after yeah. the fact. Yeah, yeah. But I, they seemed to have something going at that point, didn't they? They did, but at the same time, I think it was a situation where they were looking to go in like a new direction. You know how like, uh, kind of how like when the Nuggets got rid of George Carl. You know, like George you can Carl only you can, you, you can only win on. so much before you're like, all right, we're in the same position we've been in for a while. So let's let's try something new. And see if that works. And for the Nuggets, it hasn't worked getting rid of George Carl. But I mean, it just it really just depends on you know where where the organization wants to go. I mean, you see the Warriors, they got rid of Mark Jackson. Yeah, I was but that was that. but that was for personal. You know, they didn't. Mark Jackson, in the front office, didn't get along, and they were saying even if he made it to the Western Conference Finals that year, he was still going to be gone. You know, just because that was they didn't get along. You know. Personally, you know, it had nothing to do with his performance on the court. It, all, it was all personal office situations. Okay. So who, who wins the title this year? Because I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, you can go ahead and pencil in the Cavs for coming out of the East. I don't think you can. Okay. I, who's, I think, who's, give me one team. I, give me the team that's going to win it. That's going to, no, that's going to, um, if, if, if Cleveland doesn't come out of the East, who is? I don't know who's gonna come out of the East. I don't want to well, like the Cleveland, Cleveland. Cleveland's the front runner, but I will say this: when the playoffs start, however the seeds match up, if they get matched up with the Miami Heat, I have the Heat in six. Wow! For who guards LeBron? You don't have to. Not 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 saying you don't have to like guard. Of course, you got to guard him. You're not gonna shut but, him down. Yeah. Let let LeBron do what he does. It's the other guys. All right, who That's guards it. Kyrie? Because Kyrie what? looked really good. Did you get to see any of that game where they went to Atlanta yeah. and won the other yeah. night? Yeah, Kyrie Kyrie has spurts, but he he can hit free throws. He's like the best free throw shooter in the NBA, and he's probably got the best he's, handles and in the NBA. And that's right? fine. And that's fine. That's very valuable but, down but, the stretch of a big game. They did I not will, have that in the finals last year. But and that, and you're right. But I will bet my money on. I would rather let LeBron do what LeBron does because you know that's what he's going to do. Even if you try to stop him, like you could try your best to stop him and he's still going to give you 28. You know what I mean? Send him double teams, you know, you know, hedge him, you know, do all, all type of things like that. I would rather put Kyrie Irving, like Kyrie Irving has to win the game for them because I don't believe in him. You know, he's too, uh, he's too up and down. He's not consistent enough for me to be like. You don't like when point guards – no, I do. Our, our score first. No, like I love Westbrook. Like that's like I love Russell Westbrook. I love Steph Curry, but Kyrie doesn't do it good enough. You know, he's he's a score first. Like there's no reason why your point guard should take 28 shots in the game and finish the game with one assist. And well, that's you know, the, that's, that's just, the state of the current NBA, though. No, but that's I would argue. But that but that's a knock against him. There's a lot of Cavs teammates that have came out and said that they're you know. A little upset with, with Kyrie a lot of times because he doesn't pass the ball. Well, that's his style. They shouldn't have brought him in then. But he shouldn't. He shouldn't be like that when players are open. You know, he yeah. has this hero ball mentality. Okay. You know, it's like it was okay when Iverson was doing. Iverson was a shooting guard. That was his goal. His job was to score. You know, they had Eric Snow running the point guard. Iverson was at the two. So that was his jo- his job was to score the ball. Kyrie's job is to be a point guard. You know, I understand you play with LeBron, but you got J.R. Smith to jack up shots. I mean, and, and that's fine. You got J.R. Smith. You got Della Dove. You got Shumpert. I mean, you got uh, Kevin Love. I mean, you have pieces. You have guys that can play. I just feel like in that type of situation, I think I think the Heat can beat them in six because they have this guy named Hassan Whiteside, and 
he's making a statement to be one of the, if not the best center. I say no, not the best center. I say the second best center in the league after the Marcus Cousins, of course. Um, the second best center in the league and a for sure top 10 big man. I mean, you got Cousins, Anthony Davis. You could say Aldrich. Um, I mean, after that, who else you got? I mean, would you consider Draymond Green a big man for real? Not, a, I wouldn't categorize him. I mean, as I mean a he's center. a power forward. He's a power forward, but I mean, okay, I guess you could say he's a big man. He's in that. He's in that realm. Uh, but like, just like Hassan Whiteside, he can give you twenty points, twelve rebounds, and and nine blocks. You know, he can do that. Like he's he's getting a triple. He's gotten a triple double with blocks before. Like he's that dominant in the paint. And if he's locked in, and lately for the second half of the season, he has been locked in a lot. And D Wade has been pretty healthy for the majority of the year. And the Heat have finally figured out how to use Goran Dragic. Like he's not Goran Dragic isn't a uh, isn't a slow paced system type player point guard. He needs to be an up and down system like when he was in Phoenix. And ever since they kind of sped up the pace a little bit and ran the floor a lot, you know, with Justice Winslow, Gerald Green, Lou Alding, uh, Tyler Johnson. You know, uh, they got another guy. I forgot his name. He's a rookie. Uh, he's got uh, I can't remember his name, but he had like two posterizers in the past month. Uh. Miami. Yeah, Miami. But ever since they've been running the floor a lot, they've been a whole lot better team. And, you know, letting Drogic get an open floor. Hassan Whiteside doing what he does down low. Um, I know there's no for sure answer on Chris Bosh if he does come back. But if he does come back, I definitely have the Heat beating the Cavs in six. But if not, I could still see I could still see him beating them in about seven. Wow. Okay. Uh, on Twitter, I, I'm getting some tweets in here. I am uh, my Twitter – Account is at the Kelly Patrick Draymond. You want to get yours out there? Uh, yeah, it's at uh Lamondre Deshaun. Uh, L A M O N D R E D E S H A W N, and that's on Twitter. I just had a tweet at me about Hassan Whiteside being one of the guys who's excelling in the NBA who wasn't taken in the first round of the draft. So yeah, he wasn't at, at the Kelly Patrick. Would love your tweets regarding NBA talk. Um. Uh, is there anybody else you can think of? I know uh, off the top of my head, local guy Chuck Hayes was taken. Actually, he wasn't even drafted. Yeah, I ben think Wallace, Chuck Hayes went undrafted. Ben Wallace wasn't drafted. Uh, Carlos Boozer, I think, fell to the second round. He was round. second round, yeah. Who else, though, is not taken in the first round in the NBA draft and, and, and not only makes it, I think, but look at what I Hassan Draymond, White's up. I think Draymond might have been second round, if I'm not mistaken. I think he was late first. I'll bring it up, though. Good good call. If that Man, that would I be think, the most relevant one. I think one. Draymond might have been second um, that would be a big one. It was a couple. It's Tony it's, Parker, but that's it, different when you're coming from France. Yeah, I know. It's, it's it's been a couple guys to go late first round, you know, second round. Or second whatever. round, golly, Draymond Green. Yeah, second round. Not far from being an NBA, uh, maybe an MVP candidate. Yeah, one of the best players in the league. Second round, fifth pick, and and out of nowhere, he played four years at Michigan State. Uh-huh. So Hassan Whiteside, Draymond Green. What does that say? Hassan Whiteside played at Marshall. Yeah, so that's like a, a yeah. Whole but different. when he came in though, he was he he was raw. Like he was he was young. You know, I mean, he went to the he went he was in a situation with the Kings where, I mean, that's not a good organization to go to and like develop. I mean, over the past years, I mean, yeah, Demarcus Cousins has excelled there because I mean, he's just a great player. He came in already great, kind of like Carl Anthony Towns. You know, no matter what situation he's going to be in, he's going to excel because he's that good of a basketball player. You know, it's a lot of people that get drafted and go certain places, 
not a good situation for them and they don't pan out. You know, not not because they don't have the skill, but because they're not put in a winning situation. So with like Hassan Whiteside, with him going to Sacramento to begin with, it wasn't a good situation. You know, he got beat up by cousins at practice. That was reported. Uh, and then he goes somewhere like Miami, who Pat Riley, you know, all about winning. Dwayne Wade, you know, Chris Bosh is there. I would argue that the coach in Miami is very underrated. Uh, Spolstra? Yeah, I would. He's, a, he's actually earned my respect. At first, when he was first, you know, given the nod, and, you know, he was there for like a year or two before LeBron got there. I was like, ah, oh, that guy, he won't be there long. Pat Riley's going to come down just like he did when St- Stan, uh, St- Van Stan Van Gundy was there. And he'll, you know, lead him to a championship. But he let he let Spolstra do his thing. And Spolstra actually proved that he was a pretty good coach. Like, he's not a bad coach at all. So I, and, and I, I like And I would Eric argue Spolstra. even beyond that, that he's – what's the you, – you tell me. What's the list of coaches that we can name who've won two titles? Uh, in no, the, in no the ma- NBA right yeah, now? No matter – or ever. Rudy uh, Tomjanovic did it. Chuck Daly did it. Uh, Those are two that won just two. Obviously, I mean, Pat Riley, yeah, Bill Jackson, yeah, Greg Popovich. Greg Pop, so that's yeah. five. All right, yeah. I'm talking current that we can name. Current? Oh no, or not, of not not current, but but um, modern era that we can modern name. era. I've got out, five. I'm holding out, up five outside of Popovich. You mean like currently in the NBA right now? Nope. I mean guys that coaches that you and I can name off the top of our heads. Uh, Why does Fulcher not get more credit? Well, I think it's because before LeBron got there, they were eight seats, you know, eight, seven seats. And then LeBron gets there. Obviously, he LeBron's takes, so he the takes most, him over that hump. No, that, that's, you know the, what that's I mean? the reason. Yeah. But that, there's a lot to be said for still winning a title. Oh, yeah, of course. If, if Tyron Lue wins the title this year as a head coach, he deserves to stay around as a head coach for a long time, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah, he deserves to stay around, but he'll probably. He'll get he'll get credit. I mean, because winning a championship is, of course, valued more than winning. I mean, you look at Mike Brown; he was winning sixty plus games with LeBron when LeBron was in Cleveland his first stint. And as soon as LeBron left, they fired Mike Brown. You know what I mean? Like this is a sixty plus win coach, and he got canned. Yeah, you know, you got to win because, a title when because you got he didn't LeBron. win a title. You got to win so a title course, with so LeBron. Of course, so so of course, winning a ring definitely helps. Um. David Blatt had one shot at it. He had he had one shot, and they got it. They got him I out think, of there quick. I think Tyron Lue's only got one shot. Uh, I think if LeBron ends up leaving, if they once they don't win this year, and he ends up going back to Miami, that's my theory. Uh, yeah, I could see him being gone by the end of next season. I think they'll give him like a run, let him, you know, have a shot at the team still if LeBron does leave. But if not, they'll bring in their own guy. Start over, try to figure something out because if LeBron doesn't leave, Kyrie's gonna leave. I still think Kyrie's probably gonna leave. Kyrie doesn't like it there. I don't think Kyrie likes being. I don't think he likes being the section the the second option when he feels like he's the first option. Like he feels like he should have the ball in his time. I mean, the ball in his hand majority of the time. You know, not saying he doesn't want to defer, but. I mean, it's, it's like it's, it's like a conflict of interest. You have two guys who are who like to dominate the ball. You know what I mean? So so even when LeBron went to Miami, D Wade was okay with taking a step back. You know what I mean? Because he won. He already won a ring. You know, he's already won a ring. I'm here to help LeBron win a ring. And at this point of our careers, LeBron is the better player right now. You know, we could both come out there and put up numbers, but LeBron's the better player right now. This is in what two thousand ten eleven. 
Uh, so Wade was able to take a step back. Bosch had won a ring, you know. So Bosch going there, he was this is perfect. You know, people are going to be king on Wade and uh, LeBron James, and I can just you know do my thing over here, help out, and be a, a be an above average role player. I mean, Bosch didn't average when Bosch got there the year before in Toronto. He was averaging like twenty four and ten in Toronto, and then he goes in Miami. He's only averaging like seventeen and eight. You know, his numbers drop, but he became a better three-point shooter, more efficient. You know, his his game didn't fall off because you see once LeBron left and before the, you know, the, uh, the blood clot issues, uh, Chris Bosh was playing at a very high level. Still one of the better big men in the league today when healthy. Um, so I just think that as far as Kyrie goes, if he wants to win with LeBron, he's going to have to understand that this is LeBron's team and he's going to have to – I guess know his role, but at the same time, I think LeBron has to realize that this is, he's still a young kid. Was Kyrie Irving only like what? 22, 21. He's still, he's still very young. Like he's a kid. And I think, uh, I just think that LeBron's going to have to actually try to like work with him. I think LeBron 24 years old. So 24. Still very young. Yeah. He's still young. Um, um, I just feel like, I feel like LeBron doesn't have the D Wade mindset. You know what I mean? Like, LeBron's not going to – LeBron came to Cleveland to take over the team. Mm-hmm. Like, this is my team, and you're going to get with it or get out. Yeah. That's why Deion Waiters was gone because they wanted Deion Waiters to spot up in the corner like a Iman Shumpert, a J.R. Smith, a, you know, Della, uh, a Della Dova. They wanted him to spot up in he the want, corner. They wanted him to be a role player. Exactly. And – the other thing when Deion Waiters, that was his going into his third season, he's like, I was just averaging 18 last year. You're well, not gonna you're not gonna tell me I'm just spot up in the corner. Like this is supposed to be my year where I break that, you know, 20 plus. You know, me and Kyrie were doing our thing. I'm gonna break that 20 plus. You come in and you want me to just stand in the corner. I'm not doing it. What what would you want rather do? Nick Young's a good example, and I don't mean to change the topic to yeah. obviously his controversy. Yeah. <laughs> but he's a volume shooter, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And he puts up big numbers on bad teams. Yeah. Right? That's what he's always done. Yeah. Um, what would you rather do? I know it's easy to say, oh, I would sacrifice for the team. I'm a humble person, so I would rather win a title. But how cool would it be to be on the Timberwolves or to be on the even the Sixers and mm-hmm. to average 23 points a game and to just be the king of that city? Everybody looks at you as the guy who, who you average. You're one of the best scorers in the league. Uh-huh. You're not on a good team. But you could probably get a lead a pretty cool lifestyle being mm-hmm. the man. And that's what Deion Waiters basically opted for instead of taking what he should have done in a lot of people's minds is a pay cut where he is a role player for the Well, next he is now. Right now he doesn't play no, anymore over there in uh, Oklahoma City. Randy that's, Foy. That's true. Yeah, Randy Foy took all his minutes since, he right. the, since the trade. So, so obviously he made a bad decision. But what would yeah. you rather do? Uh, I think it depends. I think it depends on the type of player. Me personally, I'm a, I'm a team player. But I will say if if I am the guy on the team and like this is my team and somebody else comes in, whether they've been there or not, I think that transition of letting them get the keys, you know, to the team would be difficult because this is mine. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like this is Kyrie this is, had to do it. Kyrie came to Cleveland, was, uh obviously without knowing Right? Yeah. That LeBron was going to come back. Yeah. I mean, it was it, his there team. was rumors. but It was his team. Yeah. 
You know, he was he he was the reason why people were going to Cavalier games to see yep. Kyrie Irving. Um, and like I said, when a guy comes back or a new guy joins your team, and you have that mindset, I mean, you're still young. Like I said, Kyrie Irving, he always has he was always the guy on his team, no matter where he played at high school, college, didn't matter. He was always the best player on the court. Always, always going to be his team because nobody was better than him. And he's 20 years old, 21 or whatever, 22. LeBron comes back, and it's like, so you expect me just to take a step back? Like, dude, you're 30. You know, you're on the last, you're on the last end of your career. You probably got like five, maybe six more years left. I'm on the come up. You know what I mean? I just won the uh, All Star Game MVP the year before. Like, I'm like, I'm out here. And you're just gonna come here and tell me like, oh, I have to take a step back. No, I don't. I think most players would would wouldn't be able to do that at that age. But if you're somebody like a Dwayne Wade, yeah, you could do that. You already won. You know, you're on the you're you're in the back end of your prime. I could take a step back. Somebody I, like Carmelo Anthony. If Carmelo Anthony went to a team where he was on a team with LeBron with LeBron James or Dwayne Wade or any other star, he would be able to take a step back because he's done everything he can do. He's won scoring titles. He's been to the Western Conference Finals. You know, he's been to All-Star Games. You know, he's he's has his awards, has his accolades, but a championship. You know, and he that's what he wants. Other guys in the league, the younger guys, at first they probably want everything else. You know, they want a ring, but like, man, I want to win a scoring title. I want to go to you know, eight or nine all-star games. I want to average 30. You know, they have things that they want to get off their list. They probably feel like I can win a ring later on. Let me get all this stuff now while I'm young. Like, it's easier for me to average 30 points when I'm 24 than average 30 points when I'm 30. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's just that mindset. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just growing. Uh, I don't know. I, I just don't see both of them being there after this season. One of them is Kyrie or LeBron. One of them is going to leave if they. I, I. Yeah, it's not gonna I'm, happen, I'm like, in my opinion. But well, you, they're you, gonna lose the heat. I mean, they without Bosch, especially, right? I mean, but look, but 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 look, they've pretty much dominated the Cavs so far this year. Like, just go look at their games that they but, played but against the regular this season. Ask and ask I, Greg Popovich what I, the regular season and means. I and and I get that, and I get that the regular season only means so much, but. It's the way you get beat by a team in the regular season. You know, I remember a few years ago how the Heat, they were like three and they were like one and three or 0 oh and four versus the Bulls in the regular season. Those games were close. Those games weren't blowouts. Okay. The Cavs are getting blown out when they play the Heat. You know, they go to Miami and Miami is trolling LeBron. Like they're LeBron needs, you know, needs the Heat. I mean, what would they say? LeBron needs Riley. Like there was a chant the last time that they played and the fans were chanting that. You understand? So the whole the whole city, you know, Miami they get the they get the uh, they get the flack, you know, for being you know a bad sports town. You know, people don't show up to the games until after halftime. You know, it's South Beach. You can do all these other things and go to a basketball game. I really feel like that when LeBron comes to town, everybody's gonna be there and they're gonna be like, they're gonna be you know, going at him like, hey, like you left us. Now look at you. You thought you were going to be winning in Cleveland, and you're losing. You can't win without Pat Riley. No question about it. Plenty to get to this morning. We're running over for a break. NBA playoff talk. We haven't even got to the Western Conference. Oh, yeah, national championship tomorrow between Villanova and North Carolina. We got that and plenty more to get to this morning. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line is 502-384-1450. Be sure to give us a call. Get in on the action.
Dre and I will be back with more of the Weekend Sports Buzz. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Weekend Sports Buzz here on 1450 WXVW, coming at you as we do every Sunday from 9 to 11, talking all things in the world of sports. Solid show this morning. We've got the national championship game tomorrow between Villanova and North Carolina that we haven't really spent too much time previewing. Dre, you have any any thoughts specifically on that game? Um, yeah. See, uh, it's this is the uh, revenge game. Uh, I feel like if you remember, man, what year was that? I think oh five, maybe oh six. I don't know, but it's when uh, it's when uh, Carolina won when they had Sean May. And remember, they called a travel in Villanova back when Villanova was uh, Randy oh, Foy, okay. Kyle Lowry, and uh, Alan Ray. Golly, and, you're right. And they called I that travel. That Kyle Lowry even played there. You're yeah. completely right. Yeah, and they called. How uh, relevant is he today? He's one of the better point guards in the league. Uh, but no, but they called second best team in the e- in the East. Yeah, yeah. But um, he's yeah. the leader. Demar Derozan's doing good. But yeah, yeah. They're both all stars. They're both all stars. But yeah, they called they called a travel on Villanova. And North Carolina won the game, and it was not a travel. You know what I mean? So I feel like uh, I feel like this is the the uh, revenge game. I mean, a lot of people probably don't remember, but this is I didn't rem- I do remember now. That you mentioned it. Yeah, a, a lot of people don't remember, but um, when the Sweet Sixteen, you know, once we got the Sweet Sixteen around, I was looking at the brackets. I said, "This is," I said, "It's looking like it's going to be North Carolina and Villanova," just because I felt like they were the two best teams left. Villanova is. Balance. Villanova has their 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 veterans, you know, seniors, juniors, you know, they're 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 just a good basketball team. Whereas you have North Carolina, they're young, you know, they they rebound crazy. That's pretty much where they win their games at. Like they're gonna dominate the glass. Like they're gonna put up a shot, they'll miss it, they'll get the rebound, and they're gonna put it right back up. Or, you know, if you miss a shot, you might as well just get back on defense because they're going to get the rebound nine times out of ten. Bryce Johnson, uh, Meeks, you know those guys—they're just—they're just monsters on the glass. I think what it's going to come down to this game is going to come down turnovers. Whoever can have the most possessions in this game, like like efficient possessions in this game. Is gonna win. I feel like in order for Villanova to win, they're gonna have to play at a slower pace. But Villanova's defense is great. Like you seen what they did to Oklahoma. That was bizarre. We haven't even gotten to that. Did you watch any of that? Yeah, I seen. Yeah, I seen some of it. Yeah. Golly, I was not expecting that. I to be honest, <laughs> I was picking Oklahoma to win. Yeah, a, a lot of people were I, just going, to be honest. I know that sounds foolish this morning. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah. They lost by like 45? Yeah, it was like 44 or something like that. They're yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I'll- a lot of people were going with Buddy Hill. Uh, I personally was never sold on Buddy Hill. I mean, he's he's good. Everybody like, wants to believe in somebody who's a good shooter, don't yeah. they? They want that. Yeah. It's like we're starved for good shooters in today's. So that's why everybody loves Steph Curry is because he is pro- arguably yeah. one of the best shooters ever. Yeah. Well, everybody looks at it as, you know, it's something I can shoot. 
You know, I, mean? I can shoot the ball. Yeah, I can't dunk, but I can shoot. Exactly. You know yeah, saying? yeah. No, there's a lot to be said for that. I think a lot of people can relate yeah, to that. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzz Line is 502-384-1450. We're going to head to the Buzz Line now. We got our man Brian the Insider is on the line with us. How you doing this morning, Brian? Doing great, guys. Enjoyed listening to the show so far. Dre, sound great. Love the NBA talk, guys. Uh, wanted to talk a little Kentucky Derby, a little Final Four, a little Masters coming up uh, this next week. Uh, but, uh, boy, let's start with the uh, uh, the two best shooting field goal percentage uh, efforts, both by Villanova in the history of the Final Four. How about that? Yeah. Both this year? Field goal percentages, both the uh, 85 team that won it oh, okay. uh, for Raleigh Massimono uh, was at 78%, and they shot, I think, 72 tonight or something. The two highest field goal percentages ever in the final four will now belong to Villanova. Very impressive. Uh, going back to Oklahoma, guys, I said it all year long on this program, uh, and I think it proved almost perfectly correct with the exception of Buddy getting hot and getting Oklahoma to the Final Four. But the Big 12, vastly oversold, way overrated, mm-hmm. much the same as they were in football. Uh, but, uh, man, what a big disappointment, the Big 12. I mean, if you go back and you look at the college rankings, uh, you know, throughout the year, and, you you know, you look at Baylor and West Virginia and Kansas and Oklahoma and Iowa State, I mean, you saw that they dominated the rankings. And uh, they did nothing, basically, in the, uh, with the exception of a, the great individual effort by Buddy Heald to get to a Final Four. Uh, Oklahoma's team was really exposed last night as a, uh, uh, you know, all Buddy and a very, very average uh, rest of the uh, outfit there. So, uh, uh, Hey, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Kentucky Derby. Man, we had uh, two big prep races yesterday, none bigger than the Florida Derby, that pitted two undefeated horses and the two favorites for this year's Kentucky Derby going head-to-head, and that was Nyquist out of the Doug O'Neill barn racing against McHaman uh, out of the Karen McLaughlin barn. Uh, and those two, there were ten horses in the field, those two went off basically at even money. Four horses went off at 99-1 to one or more. I've never seen it before in a race. But uh, the long and short of it, Nyquist is your derby favorite, your Kentucky derby favorite. Undefeated Nyquist blew Mohamed off the map. And uh, very impressive performance for the same connections uh, that won the derby a few years back in 2011 with All Have Another. So, uh, wow, make no mistake, we've got a Kentucky Derby favorite in Nyquist. We've got a Kentucky Oaks favorite in Songbird five weeks away. Uh, but the field is really starting to take shape, guys. So Nyquist is the clear-cut front runner as of right now, Brian. Undefeated Nyquist out of California. He ships the Florida Derby. He won the million-dollar Florida Derby. He won, picked up the 600000 there. And because he was a Keeneland graduate, a Thasic Gibson graduate, um, excuse me, he picked up a million-dollar bonus in the Florida Derby. So the Connections won $1.6 million very impressively. And uh, he kind of reminded me of American Pharaoh 
so we may have another very special and, and different than American Pharaoh. Nyquist will come into the Kentucky Derby undefeated and and two-year-old champ. Wow. So a lot to be excited for. Yeah. Ob- obviously only about five, let's see here, five weeks away from the Kentucky Derby. So, so plenty. To, five weeks from yesterday, yep. Five weeks from yesterday. Plenty to be excited about in the world of horse racing uh, right now. California Chrome coming off a, a big win recently. So those are the big stories right now, Brian. California Chrome uh, making a lot of money. And Nyquist is the, the front runner for the Kentucky Derby. Oh, it's definitely Nyquist uh, because Chrome, the Chromester won't run for a while. Uh, it, all attention in the world of horse racing is now going to focus. Well, first of all, Keeneland opens Friday. Beautiful Keeneland and Lexington, Kentucky opens Friday, and they run the Bluegrass Stakes, another big prep race, Saturday. So uh, that's, that's the next thing that's going to happen. But clearly all eyes are turning to uh, the Kentucky Derby, and the field is really shaping up. Brian, Brian uh, we appreciate the horse racing update. Before we let you go, do you have any thoughts on the Golden State Warriors losing to Brad Stevens, Isaiah Thomas, and the Boston Celtics on Friday? Or is it just, can we just chalk it up as everybody loses during the regular season and, and don't read too much into it? Or is there something more there that they, maybe the Warriors are slipping? I agree with you, Kelly, that uh, I don't think the Warriors are going to win the title this year. Steve Kerr came out after that loss, and he said he thinks that the pressure of the 73-game regular season record is starting to wear on the Warriors. Uh, we all know that they've got a tough road ahead of them in the West to get through, uh, you know, not just the Spurs, but there's some other teams that are tough. And I agreed with what Dre said about Miami giving the Cavs a lot of problems, but I'm going to tell you, the Cavs got other problems, and, and that's Toronto and those Boston Celtics who just beat, uh, you know, went out to the war- Golden State. So uh, I think it's going to get very interesting. I do think the winner will come out of the West, uh, but my money's still on the San Antonio Spurs. Good stuff there, Brian. We appreciate the call. Thank you very much for the update. Do you have a prediction for tomorrow's game? Yes, I do. I think I've said it all along. In the one bracket I did, I had North Carolina winning. I think North Carolina, although Villanova is big, and I tell you what, if if you don't realize how big size is, and that's something that gives us a lot of optimism being Cards fans, knowing how much length the Cards have coming back. But Villanova was just too big and too long for Oklahoma last night. But I think they're going to meet their match when they play North Carolina. Um and uh, one other thing, I, I, I got a kick out of the truth comments. Uh, I thought they were great. I do think the truth was maybe a little bit uh, too hopped up on the caffeine this morning, uh, especially when it comes to Tom Crean. Tom Crean's had more talent run through his program in the last 10 years, by far, in my opinion, than Rick Pitino has. And Rick Pitino has far exceeded him in the Final Four, in the Sweet 16, and in the NCAA tournament. So, uh, Tom Crean is a great recruiter, runs a clean program, but he is nowhere near a great coach. And until he gets and wins a title and consistently puts that Indiana program with the amount of talent they have, and they're getting another great class next year, but they underachieve, and uh, they can't get to the big dance and perform. So I appreciate the truth 
enthusiasm, but I'd recommend I'd recommend decaf next week, Truth. <laughs> All right, Brian. Thank you very much for the call. We appreciate your your input to the show, and and we look forward to hearing from you next Sunday. Have a great rest of your weekend, Brian. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I love the show. Great, good stuff there from our man Brian the Insider. He agrees with you that that Miami will give a run for their money to the to the Cavs. Yeah. I just think they've got too much talent. I saw. I actually sat and watched that game against the Hawks, mm-hmm. and I was just impressed. They've just got too many weapons. Kevin Love uh, just steps up, hits a big three. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a good three-point shooter. Yeah. Um, Kyrie Irving at the end of the games. That's what really stood out to me. For some reason, I'm not saying I'm the best free throw shooter. I'm not really. Yeah. But if somebody, I love that about Gorgie Jang. Yeah. I loved it about Yao Ming. Certain yeah. players, if you can knock them down at a ridiculous pace or, or clip, yeah, it, you're so valuable at the end of a game. And I think the, the Cavs have that in Kyrie Irving. You give him the ball at the end of the game. Did you see that? Yeah. You just give him the ball and they can't. You're going to either foul him or he's going to drive right past you. Yeah. And, and he goes to the line, he knocks them all down. Yeah. No, I agree. But Atlanta doesn't have that extra psyche edge that, playing Miami does you know like LeBron playing Miami yeah he's you could say he's not going to be phased but that's that's pressure you know you going into that uh you know that that arena at least maybe two possibly three times for a series I mean it's going to be a pressure when everybody that used to cheer for you is now literally against you like in a playoff atmosphere how much of a punk would LeBron look like if they got knocked out by the Heat. And then he went back. <laughs> and then he went back. I, you this, I don't think he's going back, at this, man. At, that, this that, point, at this point in his career, I don't put nothing past that guy. I, I, I mean, if he does it, that's – I mean, he's he's created – I don't want to say he's created the whole big three, you know, team up, superstar thing, but he did change it because when Boston did it, they were – they were old. All those guys were in their thirties. You know, KG was. But they made it work. They made it work, but they weren't in their prime. Okay. You know what I mean? When when Bron, Wade, and Bosh teamed up, they were in their prime. That's equivalent to to like Russell Westbrook and and James Harden and like Demarcus Cousins teaming up somewhere. You know what I mean? Like that's like these are guys that are all in their primes, you know, and they were all all-stars and averaging 25 plus and you know, and they teamed up. Um and so if he ends up going back to Miami, I wouldn't be surprised. Just because if he does leave. Yeah, it, it could happen and and you know there's plenty um of legitimacy. I mean, at the end of the day, I'll be honest. Everybody gets caught up in criticizing LeBron, all right? Yeah. It, he's won two titles. That's how he'll be evaluated, right? Yeah. If he had won three, we would say, oh, he's won three. We wouldn't say, well, he was a punk and he moved from here to here. And on Twitter, he wasn't very popular. People were making fun of him. Oh, yeah, of course. That, People still make fun of him. Yeah, that doesn't matter. At the end of the day, what matters is is really how many rings you got, right? Um, and, it, and no matter I, how he does it, I mean, hell, Larry Bird had Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish. Uh, Kevin McHale is very underrated. People don't realize that. Yeah. Larry, Larry Bird won, um, I think it was four titles. Uh, I think and, he has four. Yeah, and, and he had Kevin McHale. People don't realize yeah. that. He no, did, no, those, those Celtics teams were good. They I were mean, really good. Of course, and, I wasn't. 
I wasn't allowed to yeah, see him. Yeah, Bill but Walton was I've the seen backup. The roster. Bill Walton was coming off the bench. He yeah. was one of the best players ever at the time. Yeah. So people don't realize that it was a different era and how those teams come together. It's almost irrelevant. Yeah. And and sure, Jordan had Pippen. And yeah, I he mean, had Rodman. He, he was Pippen was drafted. Um, as far as Rodman, yeah, I mean, but that was on that was the uh, second three three rings. The first three rings, Jordan didn't have Pippen. No, but the second three, no, he had Pippen. I mean, not Pippen, uh, Rodman. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, Rodman. He had Horace Grant, though. Yeah, yeah, Horace and Grant. And he had, uh, you know, John yeah, Paxson Yeah, was other good. people, other people. B.J. Armstrong. Uh, but Will, Will Purdue was legit. They had a good team. Yeah, they had, they had a good team. I'm not, I'm not arguing that. And but, when he left, okay, when he left, they made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, but they lost. Yeah. yeah but they, I mean, they, they lost. But LeBron leaves, and are they making it to the Eastern Conference Finals? I mean. No, lo- they're getting lo- the lottery. Lottery. Losing is losing to me. Okay. Um, I just think. The reason why LeBron is going to be judged differently is mainly because when he got to Miami, it was a big spectacle. They had a concert and everything. He gets on stage. He's like, we're not going to win one, I know. two. That you know, dumb. he counted up. And so you're like, oh, this dude, he's, he's, he's talking big stuff. You know, and the first year they come out, they go to the finals. They play Dallas, and he lays an egg. Uh, he averages, what, 16, 15 points for the series. He's hiding in the corner in the fourth quarter. He's getting locked up by Jason Kidd and Jason Terry, guys that are children compared to his size. And it's just like, what are you doing? You know, D-Wade averaged 28 that series. People forget, like, D-Wade did his part. Chris Bosh did his part. LeBron didn't show up. So he could have easily won three straight. He didn't show up the first time they went. So when he won his two, they beat. The Thunder, it was a short season. That was the lockout season. It was like 65 games or something like that. They won in a short season. Then they did beat the Spurs. They did beat them. The The, the, the Spurs thought they had it wrapped up. They brought out the yellow tape, and that just powered the heat to make a little comeback. Ray Allen hit the three, and then, you know, that's all she wrote. They win that series, and then they win the uh, – that's their second ring back-to-back years. You know, then they lose to the Spurs. Yep. And then he goes to Cleveland, goes back home, loses to the Warriors. So, with a very depleted team, I, I'm, yeah, I've it was a depleted team, but you can't fault the Warriors for that. No, you know what I mean? Can't, like you just can't, just like you can't. When Louisville won the title in 2012, was that 13? 13. Yeah, uh, you could argue that was a down year for college basketball. That doesn't matter. Mm, no, nah, that wasn't a down year. Yeah, a, no. lot, a lot of the detractors. You and I are Cards fans. Yeah, if we're taking our Cards fans. Hat off. Yeah. No, that was a good that was a good year because Kentucky, it was Kentucky Kentucky was in the NIT that year. But that's not because they didn't have talent. That's because their coach is incapable of coaching. Oh damn. So five zero two three eight four. That's 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 where that comes in play. You know, five zero two three eight four fourteen fifty. You get top you get a top class and you just underachieve. That's not on the players. That's did, on the coach. They did good in the NIT though, didn't no, they? No, didn't they lose to Robert Morris? Oh, that's right. Yeah. No, that's Jay, not good Jay at all. Throne. Yeah, that's not good at all. But, no, that was a good year. I mean, you look at it all around. Michigan State was good. Florida was good. Michigan was good. Like, it was – it that that year was almost like this year where it's no front runner. Like, no s- complete person who you're saying, this is who's going to probably win it. Like, it was so wide open, and we just happened to be the best team. What, we won like 34, 35 games that year? Like, we're pretty good. Like Louisville was pretty good. No, they they were good. They, and, this, and, and, and I, that was an amazing team. Luke Hancock, Russ Smith, yes. Orgy was on just amazing. That's 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 why, in all honesty, 
from 2011 up till now going off this season I honestly feel like and this is this is I'm a little bit biased but I honestly feel like we could have won four or five championships basically just based off if what if Wait, if, listen, 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 listen. If I wasn't we didn't, following you there no, for a second. If we, if we didn't run into UK twice, okay. The year that we lost to UK in the final four, let's say we either beat UK or we don't play them. Some UK loses before that we play somebody else. We we're beating we're beating whoever is in their spot and we're beating Kansas in the championship game. I guarantee, I truly believe that. Because Kansas was not that good. You mean if like Gorgie stayed for his senior year and everything no, had gone I'm, into place? No, I'm, I'm talking about even without Gorgie. Because even after Gorgie left and we played UK in the Sweet 16 the next year, which was a setup game, uh, if they don't set us up, we win the reign that year. We were just as good. This, that year after the championship game. But you can't I mean, be just yeah, as good with season. that. W- what I described earlier about Kyrie Irving and, and free throws and all that, Gorgie had that. Gorgie, yeah. Gorgie, and Gorgie was a great passer. Gorgie was just – Gorgie's probably my favorite card ever. Yeah, no, Gor- Gorgie Gorgie is, was a stud, So and he was a great shot blocker. and he just was. Everything. He could shoot the mid-range jumper. Gorgie was perfect. He was. He's, he was the perfect college center. He, he, was, he was the – he was the David Padgett that Patino didn't get a chance to get because Padgett was hurt. Exactly. I feel like and he was a better shop, much better shop. He was a better defender. Yeah. But, you know, as far as passing the ball out of the post, uh hitting the mid-range jumper, hitting your free throws, you know, being a defensive anchor, being a leader, you know, Gorgie was all that. Just but very humble. He, was he just, didn't in that championship game, he barely shot, but he oh, set yeah. Luke Hancock up for all those things. Oh yeah. He was the screens, the handoff passes, exactly. like Gorgie does it all, which is why he's 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 gonna have a long career in the NBA because I would love to have because, him on my NBA because he can play. He's gonna play defense and he's humble. He exactly. doesn't have to. He doesn't have to be the center of attention. Exactly. He's gonna do his job. I'm not gonna do too much. Gonna do his job. Rebound, play defense, pass the ball, hit mid range, hit free throws. Like he's just he's just a good basketball player. Yeah. So um, I, I would disagree that they were just as good the next year. Well, well, Montrez was good I'll, and he was doing. Good. I'll say this though. I'll, this right. is this is why we were just as good. Russ was at his best. Okay. You know, we still had Russ. We had that was Chris Jones' first year. Chris Jones' first year was way better than the second year. So we had Chris Jones. He was coming off being the JUCO Player of the Year. Chris Jones. Terry we had Rozier Russ Smith. Terry Rozier's freshman played, year. Yeah. He, he he came off the bench. He was he was solid. He was, he was good. Legit athlete. Uh, guard anybody. Exactly. We had we had we still had Montrez Harrell. Uh, we still had we still had Luke. Mango was hustling. Mango. We still had Wayne. You know, we still had good pieces. Yeah, we lost Peyton and we lost Gorgie, but we still had good pieces and we still were actually one of the better teams that year. And that year that we lost the UK in the Sweet 16 and UK ended up going to the championship game and losing to Connecticut, we blew Connecticut out three times that year. Like, literally, we blew them out three times that year. Like, if UConn would have seen us in the championship game, they would have wet the bed. And we'd have probably blew them out in the championship game. So I just I I, I feel like we should have repeated, and we would have repeated if they didn't. If the NCAA didn't set us up with the, I mean, they just wanted money. I mean, they, so, the game so was in Indiana. This is your introduction episode to the weekend sports buzz. Are you going to wear the Cardinal Homer hat? It's not. It's not a Homer but hat. But you did just say the Cards would have won four or five titles. Well, look at it. 
Like seriously, like and not I, not even I, I just just looking at it. Look un- at relatively look, unbiased. And and I I hear you. And that's but, cool. If you want to wear that hat, but, that's cool. Four or five titles seems excessive. Put it like this: last year we made it. Last year we made it to the elite eight, and we overachieved. Okay, shouldn't have been there. We ran into another overachieving team in Michigan State that shouldn't have been there either. You know, so that was two overachieving teams who went at it, and we got robbed. You know, they called a charge, a block that was. It was just so much happening at the end of the game where we could have been to the Final Four again. Uh, like I said, I mean, it's all it's all what ifs, hypotheticals. You know, the only fact that remains is that we did win in 2013. Uh, we lost to UK in the Final Four the year before we won, which hurt. But like I said, if we beat UK or if we play somebody else in that Final Four game, Kansas Kansas won't beat us in the championship. I don't I don't feel like Thomas Robinson and them could could have beat us. Okay. So there goes one. Nothing wrong with that. I, we I would encourage anybody, anybody who's got a problem with Dre's, you know, and it's difficult to argue with because it, it's hypotheticals. And obviously, as Brian pointed out, Rick is as good of a coach as anybody. The system yeah. he runs is legitimately yeah. elite. I mean, there's no question about that. They know what they're – I mean, you give Rick a little bit of time for preparation. Yeah. You give these guys – that he, he preaches um, and, and he teaches a, a – Team philosophy, yeah, that is entirely unique. Not entirely unique among college basketball. A lot of teams do that. Cal does it to a degree, even. But Rick is—I I wouldn't take anybody over him. Yeah, he's, who would you take over Rick Pitino as your coach right now? As, I mean, I'm a I'm a Rick Pitino fan. Who would so you take over? I, pr- I probably wouldn't take anybody. Uh, just so, because I've I've always been a fan. Like I like like I like his I like his playing style. I like the way he coaches. I like the way. You know, I play a lot of video games, and so <laughs> okay. and so I play NBA 2K, and like my style is, is I play I play like how Rick Pitino would want his team to play. So we're up and down. I, it's, it's more it's more of a combination of of his new era style, and his old style, because his old style was pressing. His old style it was pressing. I mean, he still presses, but he didn't do it that much this year because the guards weren't that good defensively, like with Russ and Peyton and Kevin Ware and. You know, the other guy, I don't want to say his name. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. But, uh, you know. Andre McGee? In, that guy. Uh, but, but, yeah. He wasn't on that team, though. No, no, he wasn't. But he was part of that that mold of the guards. You oh, know, yeah. McGee, him and Jerry, Sosa. Him and Jerry, Jerry Smith. Smith they were, Preston they were Knowles, Bulldogs you know. on defense. Yeah, they exactly locked up on D. They pick really up full would. court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's like a style of fast pace, you know. You know, we're going to be up and down. We're going to shoot. But at the same time, on defense, I'm picking up full court. So, you inbound the ball, I'm there. You yeah. know, I'm, I'm guarding you full court. I'm pressing you. You know, I'm trying to, you know, make you speed up, you know, do turnovers, make you play faster than what you want to play. And I just I just love that style. You know, maybe it's because I don't have uh, uh, patience, you know, and I, I want the ball back a lot. But, um, no, I just, I just, I just like that style. It's defense. You know, like he counts tip passes. Yeah, yeah. Like you know, it's like deflection. that's a stat for him. Yeah, deflections. Like that's a stat. For him. That's a football stat. And you know, in basketball, he's counting like how many deflections did we have? Like you're not doing your job if you're not getting deflections. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm I'm kind of like the same way. Like hey, I'm not playing defense on the game because I'm not not getting no tip passes. You know, like you deflections keep, lead to turnovers. Do you keep deflection statistics when you play video games? Uh, mentally, yeah. <laughs> okay. Sometimes. All right. Depending on depending on how the game is going, if I'm losing, I'm like, all right, we don't have enough deflections. We got to get some deflections so we can get back, you know, into the game because deflections lead to turnovers. You know, turnovers lead to fast break points. Those are easy buckets. You know, but um, no, I I, I honestly feel like 
we could win. We could have won five rounds. I mean, it's not like it's not like we lost in the first or second round. You know, we're losing in Sweet Sixteen or Elite Eight or Final Four. You know, what I mean, like we're losing a game or two away from being in the championship. You know, so what I'm saying isn't too far fetched. You know, it's not like I was saying, oh, we could have won so many rings too, and I'm a Duke fan, but I'm like, dude, y'all lost to. Like Weber State one year in the first round, like what are you talking about? But, but Rick, you know, or Lehigh, Moorhead. I mean, right? Yeah, but I'm not. But I'm talking about after that. Okay. I said 2011. Oh, okay, so you're you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm talking. Ta- Kenneth Fareed game. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not talking. I mean, you know, what's crazy. That game, I actually dozed off while I was watching at my parents' house. Had and you not dozed off, maybe they would have won. I always think that, but when I woke up, <laughs> when I woke up, is when I saw the shot in the air and he hit it, and okay. I said, "What happened? What's going on?" I didn't know what was going on. Had you been time. drinking? No, I was just tired. Okay. <laughs> I was just tired. It was a it was an early game too that day. It wasn't like a, it was like during a, the middle of the day. I remember yeah, I was, was working in a early. bank. I was working in a bank and watching it on my computer. Yeah, it was like a it, Sunday or something. No, it was. I think it may have been a Friday or Friday, something like that. Saturday, it was a weekend like yeah, it was type a, deal. Yeah, it was I remember early. I was in the bank. It couldn't have been a Sunday, but I remember exactly yeah. where I was. It was horrible. Yeah, it was bad. That oh was my god! Bad. Like we we bait, that that was bad. Terrence Jennings. Ah oh, man, what a bum. He's had that guy, and then he just gets destroyed by Kenneth Fareed. And then he announces he's going pro after his junior year. <laughs> and where's he at? I don't know. That'd be an interesting question. I'm not making fun of him because he had some value. He was just big. He could run too, though, right? He, he had pretty good feet for a big guy. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. No, he was uh Let's he was athletic. Up. Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram Buzzline is 502-384-1450. We encourage you to get involved with the show this morning. Just got a couple tweets on uh, my Twitter at at the Kelly Patrick. We have a, a tweet from Mo. Uh, you guys have heard Mo on the show. Mo tweets in that he would he would take Tom Izzo over anybody else. He says, but Coach P is good though. Um, and, and then we 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 did have a tweet from our, our man uh, Lindauer, who said that he thinks Dre's a homer. <laughs> I, I know I happen to, from previous tweets. I know Lindauer is a is a Kentucky fan, so uh, we appreciate the representation. Mo actually doesn't really have a specific allegiance. I think he would say he's a Louisville fan above anything else. Uh, but I know he's he's from Texas and he doesn't have a specific preference. But no no question about it. Rick Pitino is elite. I look forward to collecting my money from Tyler Bloyd and and. Because I, I made the bet that Rick would be the coach next year. I didn't go out on much of a limb, in my opinion. Look at Jim Beheim, okay, Dre? Okay. He took, he, they had the controversy, big time controversy, uh, postseason ban last year. Beheim had to sit out games this year. And then they go to the Final Four and everything's fine. And Beheim was insulted yesterday after they lost when people asked him if he was going to retire. Really? Yeah, he was mad. Why would I retire? He's doing good. He's, he's at the top of his game. That's what I see happening with this Cardinal program going forward. There's controversy. There's self-imposed ban. Uh, Rick will probably be suspended some games next year. That's fine. I hope not. Even if it's the beginning of the season during the – I mean, who, do they, who does Louisville play at the very beginning of the season that matters? Nobody. When you have the yeah. ACC, turn, ACC conference play at the end of the year and you play Kentucky We play that, Indiana, don't we? Early in the season, You're right. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, truth. But that's okay. Yeah. Nobody's worried about them. No, we got. Yeah. <laughs> nobody's worried about we got them. Kenny Johnson. In all seriousness, Kenny Johnson's very well respected within the team. He's the guy who will be able to come in and coach them. They'll be okay. Um, all that matters is they are able to make a run at the end of the year. You think Nanu's gone? 
Uh, nah, I don't think he's gonna leave. Well, I think, man, if he stays, this is a scary team. I think everybody's coming back, and we're gonna. I mean, except for you know Damian Lee and Trey Lewis, but um, I mean, we have another one and done. Rick's Rick's version of a one and done coming from Penn State. Uh, where he calls, you know, he gets the seniors to come, you know, Tony to transfer. Rock. Yeah, yeah, that's uh. Yeah, Rick says, you know, the one-and-done game, you know, usually people are getting freshmen, but he says his version is going to be seniors. You know, he's going to get his transfer. So he said, you know, he has to adapt because, you know, Rick's different. He's not going to go out here and get this guy who's supposed to be slated to be like, he wouldn't go get a Ben Simmons. You know what I mean? Rick wouldn't go get a player that he doesn't feel like is But gonna, if he could, would he take him? He has before. He he he, 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 had, he had a Samardo Samuels. Yeah. You know, and I mean, Samardo was good. He ended up saying two years he was good, but I don't think him and Rick got along because Samardo, number one, didn't want to be there that long, and he wanted to be more of a focal point of the offense. Sure. <coughs> I think he did lead him in scoring, to be honest. Uh, and I, 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 would, I would argue Smarto actually had an underrated tenure as a Louisville Cardinal because he was a legit— Yeah, was, people, people was, forget about him. Yeah, people forget about him. I would say he was similar to, to Nanu. Physically, they were almost similarly built. Yeah, they were. Samardo's a little bit bigger, I feel. A little like. bit a little longer, bit. Yeah. probably longer arms. But Nanu's a big, physical, strong guy. You're not going to find many guys in college basketball who are bigger and stronger than Shinanu Anuaku. Yeah, no, he's nah, he's he's definitely, between his freshman year and sophomore year, definitely a totally different player. And he, he's got a little bit of that Gorgie passing ability. Mm-hmm. He does not have the Gorgie free throw icing it at the end of the game ability. No, not at all. <laughs> not, not quite, but he does have the passing, which is very valuable. And you got Mango, mm-hmm. and you got other guys who race balding's got a very bright future. Who would have thought race balding would have had that kind of year as a I, freshman? I'm not gonna lie. I when I seen um the red and white game, did it was you, too. Did, did you watch that? I went to red and white. I was I was sold on Dangadell before he got hurt. I was and too. and race balding. I felt like I actually felt like Dangadell was gonna be one and done if he didn't get hurt. Um, just because the type of talent he was, he was, he was Damian Lee mixed in with Donovan Mitchell to me, you know what I mean? Athletic jump out the gym can guard anybody on the court long. He can shoot, he'll rebound, you know, pass, like he could do everything, you know, but then he got hurt and it kind of set him back and he kind of had to adjust, you know, to the knee brace and playing, you know, coming off injury and so he kind of had a setback, which is it's, it's, it's a good, bad thing. You know, I don't want to see nobody get hurt, but I was like, all right, we get him for another year. You know, he's definitely not going to leave now because he didn't play that much this year. So we bring back Donovan, bring back Dangadell. Q's coming back. Uh, Q's going to be only better as a junior. Of course. Uh, we can bring him back Ray Spalding. I'm pretty sure Onawaku's going to come back. Um, uh, um, uh, uh, Mahmoud, he's coming back. Mango. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just, huh? Uh, but no, it's just, uh, it's just, we have a lot of, uh, good pieces coming back. And I feel like next year we're gonna, we're gonna make a run as long as we don't, you know, any type of suspension or anything. Um, I think we'll be pretty, I think we'll be pretty good. No question about it. We, we got a, a caller who's trying to get through on the Oxmoor Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram buzz line, which is 502-384-1450. Uh, we, we, we got a caller on the line with us. Tyler, are you there? I am here. How are you doing today, Kelly? Doing great. We appreciate you, you calling in, getting involved in the action this morning. Uh, have you been listening? If so, what do you have for us? 
Well, you know, I'm just enjoying this beautiful Sunday morning, heading to work, you know, trying to get through the day, and I just turn on the 1450 to Sports Buzz, and I hear Cody Patrick drop my name, and I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. <laughs> you owe me some money is what's going on, Tyler. Oh, are you referring to the uh, Rick Pitino scandal uh, leaving U of L? Yeah, Rick Pitino is going to be the. Co- Do you still stand by your statement that Rick Pitino will not? Remember, you said Rick Pitino will not be the coach of the University of Louisville next year. I did. I did say that. A, a, a measly twenty dollars coming out of one of our pockets, and uh, you know he still hasn't met with the NCAA, Kelly. So you're looking, you're looking awfully, you know, forward when this isn't even wrapped up yet. And when and another thing, when I hear somebody you know talking about the red white scrimmage and this kid's going to be this next because that I think that's just a joke. Terrence Jones dropped like seventy six points in the blue white game. Nobody cares. Seventy six mean nothing. Did did he really score seventy six? It, it was something ridiculous, Kelly. Wow, I, I'm impressed. If he scored seventy six, that that would be really or, or okay, okay. But I agree with you to a degree, Tyler. You can't take too much from those scrimmages. And Dre was actually used to, to come to my co-host Dre's defense. He was using that as an example. He was saying, uh, "I mean, all Ray Spalding didn't even I'm have a good game in the red white scrimmage." Yeah, white it's just just off all looking I'm at him on the court. Johnny David, when I saw him at the blue white game, Kelly, <laughs> I thought he was going pro. And now look at him now; he's put his name in the draft. <laughs> Who's who that guy? He, he's he's a Kentucky player who doesn't play. Yeah. So what? Like, these guys actually played. Dang it, actually played. First Ray of all, I don't, I don't need to talk basketball. <laughs> I don't need to talk basketball with a Texas fan. You are so just, you're trying to figure out football right now with that uh, Charlie Who's a Charlie Texas guy who's fan? left Louisville for you all. You just figure out, <laughs> stick, stick to Beaumont, stick to Texas. Isn't that David Strom? Regardless, Kelly, Louisville, Kentucky wants to be good next year. No matter who sticks around for both teams, top five teams, it's going to be fun. If Louisville's eligible, I guess we'll see here in the next few months. As for the Final Four of the championship, that was ridiculous. Never want to see, you know, I mean, it was horrible. I hope the ratings for the championship are terrible. North Carolina, I'd say, wins by 15 points. You all enjoy the rest of your show. Go Cats. Thank you very much for the call. Actually, a good call. I appreciate Tyler bringing some energy. Don't know what he was talking about when <laughs> yeah, it comes to the Texas yeah, thing. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do appreciate it, and I, I'm glad to hear he was listening because I did reference Tyler. He's one of many Kentucky fans who were adamant, and I'm opening up the phone lines, 502-384-1450, adamant that Rick Pitino will not be the coach next year. He's gone. Jurich is gone. The whole program's going down. No. Jim, Bay- Jim Bayheim and Syracuse did it. Still here. St- Cards will be back. Yeah, we'll be good. Taking a year off of the postseason, that's all right. Yeah, well, we gotta we gotta let other people shine. Yeah, you yeah, know, let them shine. We it's gonna be okay. I think going back to when we uh we had brought up you know Terrence Jennings and Samardo Samuels, if you had a starting five and a six man, who would be your starting five for Louisville? I don't want to say all time. I want to say since the 2000s. So since the 2000s, 2016, who would be your starting five and who would be your six man? So, so what year? From from 2000 to now. 2000? Yeah, to now. Who would wow. be in your starting five and who would be your six man? All right, point guard would be Peyton Siva. Uh-huh. Shooting guard, I'm going to I'm gonna give Russ the nod over Reese Gaines. Okay. Small forward, uh, and this is just off the top of my head. I Okay, this is um, th- small forward. Um Francisco Garcia. Mm-hmm. All right. The four I'm going to go with is um, got to go with uh, Montrez Harrell. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then I gotta go Gorgie. Who would be your sixth man? Sixth man in that in that in that lineup, my sixth man would be um I gotta go Reese Gaines. Reese Gaines. His athleticism. Reece, I know I know he, he didn't do much in the pros. I don't care. Yeah. I'm talking college. college we're yeah. not competing Reece, in the pros, are we? We're no, talking no, college, college, college team. College, yeah, yeah. Reese Gaines yeah. is my sixth man. Yeah, Reese was definitely I don't he was one of my early fla- favorite players. Him, Taekwondo Dean, and and Francisco. Uh Who, wh- uh, what's your five in your your your, your I one? think my point guard would be Peyton. Okay. I think okay. I'm going to say I think everybody's point guard and center should be Peyton, and then your center should be Gorgie by default, just because of you know what they did. So my point guard's Peyton. Uh, my shooting guard. I'm gonna throw people off with this. I would actually have Luke Hancock as my shooting guard. Okay. My three, my small forward. I'm going with Terrence Williams. Okay. My power forward. I'm gonna go with Shane Bahannon. Nice, I like that. I, I left him off. Who was my power forward? Trez. Okay, no, I, I, I may want to backtrack because Shane Bahannon was just really valuable. Go on. He's great. Okay. Uh, my five Gorgie, and then my six man. I'm gonna have a rest. Okay. You know, you need you he's need a spark micro- plug. He's a spark plug he's off the, the bench. Mic- microwave, bring yeah. in the energy like exactly. Tyler just did with his call. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Just bring him off the bench. Give me twenty. Give me ten, fifteen points real quick. And come sit back down. Don't do nothing else. Just score. Uh, yeah, I think I think that team right there will have everything that you need. You have your floor general in Peyton. You have your shooter in Luke. You have your your small forward who does everything in Terrence Williams rebounds. Passes. Except Terrence Williams creates some turmoil in the locker room. And that's fine. That's why you have guys like Peyton Steven and Gorgie Jane. Okay. You know what I mean? Set Russ, on, and, set and, on yeah. down a little bit. Yeah, you know, and, and Russ Smith, you know, those are all leaders. You know, Luke Hancock's a leader. Uh, you know, if they can handle, you know, guys like Shane Behannon and stuff like that, they'll be fine. You know, plus Rick. Good, uh, good lineup and good, good six man. I like it. We're gonna head to a break. Yeah. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Be sure to join us.